You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey listeners, we're back with more Recess Talk with Debbie. There was one little boy that had come home, and he was working with his mother, cleaning out closets. It was a spring break this past year. And um, he came across two lunch boxes that he had in the closet. He said, you know, I don't think I need this second lunch box anymore. And I have this friend at school, and he just, he doesn't have a lunch box. He can't afford one. And this is his favorite character on the front of this lunch box. Do you care if I give this lunch box to him? And his mother just about fell over. She said, no, I, that would be awesome. If you think this would be great for the other child, please take it to him. And so he did. And he came home that afternoon just all smiles. And he said, oh, it just made his day. It, it made my day, too, to know that I could make his day. And this was a little first grader. Uh-huh. I mean, we're, we're not talking, you know, fifth grade, seventh grade, ninth grade. We're talking a little first grader who now is starting to feel that he has a purpose in what's going on. And I could tell you story after story after story on the empathetic side. And then cognitively, we're seeing such growth um, as a result of being out there moving physically. They're stronger. They've got stronger hands from climbing and gripping things outside. And so their handwriting skills are actually advancing by six months to nine months (laughs) over what they were previously. Um, that's a cognitive piece. The other, the other uh, cognitive thing is their reading levels. They are wanting to stay focused longer on their reading. Uh, they're wanting to do more creative writing when they are asked to do so, and they want to stay on point a little bit more. Um, they are starting to see less fidgety behavior in the classroom, so when they get back in there, they're right back on point as soon as they get back in. So all these things are, are changing. Um, the academic side, we don't have a test that goes across everybody yet, but the reports that we're getting from the grade levels for their individual tests in different districts and different states is that they're still doing uh, good work um, score-wise. They're not dropping in scores at all, and in fact, they're becoming much, I think there's been like a 20% uh, rise in, in the two years we've been out there in their above reading level versus in reading level and below reading level. So those things are all changing uh, in one to two years' times already. Uh, wow. Well, well. So were you surprised by any of this? I mean, you've seen it in Finland, you've, you've studied it, you expected to see good results, but is it even more than you expected? You know, I would say <laughs> this is such a surreal place for me right now. Uh, let me just say that first, is that um, I feel like the orchestra leader with a bunch of instruments and that I've written a piece of music 
that I'm now seeing it played um, in a small area, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting to see the music played. And as much as I believed in it and I knew it could happen, there are a lot of little things that have to take place in order for the, for the project to really work effectively. And my goal every year is for the grade level that has been introduced to this to be a model grade level by the end of the year. That's a steep goal to have, but we've been able to achieve it. And it's because the three we have to do, well, we demand if somebody's going to be part of the project, they have to go through three full-day trainings with us in the spring before they launch in the fall. And those three full-day trainings are really, really, really important to changing the culture, shifting that mindset, and getting teachers and administrators ready to do a project that, let me just tell you, at first is like September, I'm always talking them off the ledge (laughs) after they start the project. But by October, November, they're starting to settle in. And right now, if you were to talk to teachers, you're going to see that the kids have really settled into this routine. In fact, they look forward to it. So from my perspective, yeah, it has been everything that I dreamed it would be. But at the same time, did I think it would happen this fast? No. That's got to feel great. I I got a question for you, Debbie. Um, This is something I'm Mm -hmm. always interested in. What what was the tipping point that made you willing to take this on because look there are all kinds of people that think yeah should have more <laughs> recess um somebody should do mm-hmm. something about that i'm always fascinated by hearing the stories from the somebodies uh about what what pushed them over the edge um do you, was there was there a thing that happened or was a dra- uh, was it a gradual transition to uh to start fighting this battle or or what's your story there gosh that's a great question and and one that i think just goes to my personality um, but I, I, as many people do, I, I view what I do in my whole career as chapters. And the chapters leading up to the Link Project have probably been really strong learning experiences for me to have a lot of different uh, tools in my tool belt to be able to do something like this, that it didn't look like it was just over the top too much to do. Um, I told you that I taught English, so I was in a classroom for many years. I taught physical education, so I've been in an unstru- I've been in a outdoor and an indoor environment. Um, I've been in the classroom and in a large scale area. I've worked with administrators, with supervising student teachers over the years. Um, I've written curriculum for physical education at the college level. And so there are a lot of things that I've done up to this point. So when this happened in 2012 where I went to see Finland in motion and to see what was going on, I really did not go with the idea that I was going to come back and try to shift our educational policies to include more recess and character development in the schools. That was not my plan. But when I got over there, um, I, I do live by the passion in my heart, and I have been distraught with classroom and school environments for some time now. Not that we don't have teachers that are highly capable of being educators, but that it's not fun to be a teacher anymore. 
the environment in the classroom is just frustrating. And so, you know, this really isn't for me. It's for the teachers out there that I, I'm doing this to help bring back a sound, um, compassionate, and very effective environment for classroom teachers again. We need our teachers. We need them. And right now they're dropping out before five years is up. It didn't used to be that way. It used yeah. to be 25, 30 years. And, and so I don't know why I'm doing it, Jeff. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I ask myself that every day. But I think I've got all the tools, and I'm passionate about it. I'm motivated about it. And I seem to have a voice that can, that can talk to the administrators. I've got that um, connection. And as a result, I've got people who are willing to do this with me and who want to follow this cause. And uh, as a team, we're, we're going to do it one school at a time and, and see if we can't start shifting the culture. I, 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 Wonderful. Like- so I've got so many questions bottled up here. <laughs> but first is I know that you work in Texas, and you've got some schools that you're working with there, but I can just hear all these people, teachers and parents, just shouting, saying, well, how can I do this where I live? So what's your answer to that? How can they replicate this? Yeah, so the the best thing they can do, you know, with it being a culture shift, um, I'm going to... I don't like to talk negatively, so I'm not going to say it's negative. I'm just going to say these are issues that schools have to address. And because we have worked on this so much in school so far, I just have a very good understanding about how to change or shift those issues. Um, That's what they're going to have to battle in order to change this in a school. So this is what happens. You've got some teachers who are very much in favor of adding recess back into the schools. They know it's good for kids. But they don't want to necessarily be outside. They haven't been outside for many, many years. If you go to any school across the country, you will see most schools have gone indoors for most of the day. They try to do everything indoors, including physical education, which is a real shame. The outdoors is the most important part of our learning experience as kids. And so when you have teachers who have been conditioned to indoors, you have kids who have been conditioned to indoors, and you have administrators who have been conditioned to indoors, it's hard to go outside for four times a day at 15 minutes each when the weather conditions are not perfect. <laughs> as much as people talk about wanting it, doing it is a whole different ball game. And to have a whole school of grade level K, grade level 1, then add grade 2, say, I'm committed to doing this four times a day, now you've got to have a schedule shift. You've got to have uh, administrators who believe in it, just like the teachers. You've got to have parents who are on board. I mean, you, there's so much culturally that has to change. And so the way I'm talking, it sounds like, my gosh, you're going uphill with no shoes on in uh, snow, you know, you've heard it. Uh, how, how do we do this? Well, it takes the training. The training piece is the critical piece to making a change like this in any school. So this is what I tell people. You've got to find a school that really wants it, that the administrator says, I'm on board with this kind of change. 
And then you need to uh, make sure that the administrator contacts us about talking to the school district personnel, whether it be the superintendent, the associate superintendent, whoever is that next person who would make a decision to try to do something like this, and then get trained. Have us come up and train wherever it is to implement a program like this. We know that the program works K-2. We already know that, and so we can start rolling it out in schools across the nation. We don't have to do it from a project research perspective in other schools. Do we want to have project schools in other states? Sure, because we want to make sure that it rolls out the same. It rolls out equally as effective in other states as it has in Texas and Oklahoma. But at the same time, um, we know that this is working across kids in many different situations, so we have no doubt that it won't work, that it would work in other states as well. But that's how they need to get it started. But they need to understand that timing is everything. Mm-hmm. So basically, you travel. You I do. Somebody mentioned they can contact Lake, and they can actually get you, your team, to come and do this training, even if they live somewhere that's not Texas. Absolutely. And, and so, okay, the, so this the, is a national national training program. I want yeah. all of you who are listening to this to to plug up her email and, and phone lines so that you get this in your school. Yes, absolutely. Because we will do what we can um, to to make sure that we can. If if a school wants this in any state, we will help that happen. Right. And you see, I think what you're providing is that missing link that none of us knew we needed because there's so many people, whether it's teachers or, or principals or families, who are, who are begging for more recess but don't know mm-hmm. how to go about it. And mm-hmm. there's this huge frustration. And of course, the kids are frustrated, too, and that's right, the way of right. learning is diminishing. But unless you have someone who can help put all those pieces together and make it happen on an administrative level and on a mm-hmm. cultural level... Um, it, it can seem too overwhelming for folks. So um, that's what you're providing is this uh, link, as you say. Yes, that's exactly right. I, you know, we, we have to understand that, and this happens. I mean, we've had it happen even in the school that we're in. A principal leaves. We just got started and a principal leaves. Uh-huh. Or you have four or five new teachers come in that four or five teachers leave. Maybe somebody goes out on pregnancy. Somebody else moves to another state. These things happen. If you don't make a cultural shift and really make this part of a bigger picture than just a school, it'll go right back to where it was. This is something that that will not change unless the culture changes. Hey, Debbie, you've you've talked, I I love to talk about culture shift, culture change. Um, Mm -hmm. How, what kind of parent involvement do you have in this process? Because I'm sure this has got to be a shock for them, too. (laughs) It really is when we start talking weather guidelines. (laughs) Because, (laughs) you know, in Texas, we don't get real cold here. But when we do, it's like, oh, my gosh, stop everything, right? And so so, uh, when you tell them that the new temperature is going to be 13 degrees, Fahrenheit uh-huh. to 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, you know, parents get a little, oh, well, I want a recess, but really, 13 and 104? <laughs> I mean, there's there are a lot of educational things that have to happen. So we, we stay very involved. Um, even after our three days of training, we don't go away. I mean, you think, oh, we just go in for three days and then we're done. No, we do monthly trainings with our 
teachers after school and administrators starting the school year, September, October, November, and then we come back and do um, the end of January, February, and then usually one in April and one in May. And so we do these after-school trainings with them to just stay involved in this culture shift because you know as well as I do, change doesn't happen with one training or two trainings no. or three trainings. I mean, <laughs> I know I'm going on a soapbox, but it's just like January 1st. You know, we have New Year's resolutions. Everybody's in the gym for about three months, <laughs> and then all of a sudden nobody's there anymore, and the gyms are getting all the money for the membership, but they're not there. And it's because change is bigger than three months. It's it's year after year after year of routine. And when you get in a routine and you finally this becomes what you do, then you've got a culture change. And that's why we're not going away in one year. We do three-year MOUs, Memorandum of Understandings, with the schools. So they sign on for three years with us. They don't sign on just for three days of training and then we're out of there. We sign on for three years to make this change happen. Then after three years, if they want to go on to fourth and fifth grade, they can. Um, but that's that's how we function. Now, as far as this shift with parents, we are doing um, usually at least once a semester intro meeting with them, try to get on the same page with them, make sure that they understand what's going on and why we're doing what we're doing. We educate them just like we do the teachers and administrators. Mm -hmm. And then we also try to get community support as well. Here endeth part two of the three-part series. Back next week with the wrap-up. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.